Hi everyone! Are you learning English and you find yourself making mistakes all the time? Well, this might be the right podcast for you then, because here we learn from all our mistakes. Hi everyone! This last weekend I was looking through all my textbooks and remembering with nostalgia all the funny moments I live while being a student. The teachers, homework, exercises and notes I wrote down with ugly but quiet creative draws next to the paragraph in the textbook that the teacher was explaining at the moment. I found myself digging one more time into all my teenage life as a student. I now can really say to myself that I did it when feeling anxious and always willing and saying it aloud that I wanted to get out of school and finally get to be in real life as an adult. One of my tutors, when I was 15 years old, told me, you will remember this moment and regret what you're saying, not in this tone for sure, but yeah, kind of, like enjoy your student life now because it will never come back. Well, it's true. <laughs> did someone tell you that as well? How did you feel? Did you want to get to be out of school and finally be free from homework forever? What a childish thought I tell these days to myself. Now that I'm currently working, I feel kind of shocked that what my teacher told me once will just be truth I and the truth that I never expected to come that soon. I enjoyed my life back in high school, however. I always wanted to grow up so fast. And here I am, regretting just a bit the fact that now that I accomplished my desire of being an adult with a job from 9 to 6, I noticed more than ever how fast the time passed by, just in a blink of an eye. Studying English wasn't one of my favorite subjects at the moment. I was finding myself waiting for the ring to sound and be able to stand up from my chair and go out for a break until the next class. Drawing or just looking through the window, thinking of what I was going to do next or who I was going to meet after school. Well, with that being said, uh, here is one of my textbooks. I don't know if you can, it's kind of a ASMR kind of thing though, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, I used to have like, I don't know in which grade did I have like this textbook, but it's called English File Intermediate, Intermediate Students Book. And it's like a green cover, kind of minimalism. Well, um, I don't want to, yeah, lie to lie to you and say that it's the most fancy textbook that I've seen, but actually it's kind of um interesting that now that I see it, like I'm, yeah, I'm just looking through all the pages and seeing how much effort the designers of this textbook just did, like. It's incredible. It's like a mosaic of pictures, like formats and frames. Like they wanted to really get very immersed on like the topic that they were talking about, and in each um yeah, in each chapter. So 
I'm sorry for you guys, like, uh, for just hearing a little bit of noise in the background because it's in the afternoon and I don't know what happens when I am in my my room, like, in my bedroom, that I'm close to the, <laughs> to the outside, um, there, there are a lot of noises, so sorry about that. So, what I was just saying is that it's, uh, I'm really excited for just share with you one of the things that I just get bored so much um, and I wanted to go down uh, in detail, like just doing a little bit of a review of the topics because uh, when I was, yeah, you know, like Rosina, when I was tidying the textbooks that I had um, last weekend, um, I just saw a lot of different uh, topics that were now like very interesting for me. Like now I realize that really, like actually it it was useful kind of, yeah, some sort of useful things that if you are really interested or fond of English uh, and learning by yourself in the middle of high school, I think it's a great idea to just like review for yourself without any pressure at all. Uh, like to just go and browse it like through anything that you would like to just read aloud I think it's a good exercise for you if you are like in a high school and having to always waiting for the teacher to explain the next uh, topic it's not like you want to be an art or someone that is always like um, um, knowing everything before the teacher or the class is taking through like I just don't want that, but I think that it's really a very useful thing to do when you are, you, you really want to go to your pace, and yeah, I don't know, like, it's very interesting, so I'm gonna start with the first, uh, yeah, grammar topic that it's about mood food, because what I've seen here, like, 1A, 2A, or whatever, like, all of them, like, um, discuss, or, like, uh, are very in deep into one of the themes like they are talking about like mood food uh, mood food for instance so I'm gonna just read it and this is like a textbook so I'm I never never ever read it uh, for myself to myself um, I always waiting for the answers or copying like ju just now like true false and comprehension and this boring stuff that was for me at the moment so but uh, yeah now I want to just enjoy and see how much can really uh, know or understand because I've been self-studying until now, so I just want to see and compare what exactly if I understood or I just get it now, everything, and yeah. So, mood food. We live in a stressful world and daily life can sometimes make us feel tired, stressed or depressed. Some people go to the doctors for help, others try alternative therapies. But the place to find a cure could be somewhere completely different, in the kitchen. Well, I think the start is very refreshing and very... <laughs> yeah, I just want to also... Uh, to be superficial or just talk about it like yeah i don't care about it um yeah dr paul clayton 
A food expert from Middlesex University says the brain is affected by what you eat and drink, just like every other part of your body. Certain types of food contain substances which affect how you think and feel. I might, I really, um, I'm just reviewing myself, analyzing how I'm reading and pronounce. I think it's a very, very good practice for you to just read and read aloud and see what, uh, and record yourself while trying to just read a paragraph or the whole text because you will really be able to see if you are mistaken maybe some of the words uh, like spelling issues or like things like that and see oh my god in my head everything sounds fine everything sounds perfect but then uh, in real life when I'm just listening to myself with uh through a uh, voice or uh, recording or whatever like I just notice that I'm so bad like that happens to me when I first start um, learning English so but I think that you what makes me better and improve so fast was it actually the fact that I I, I really uh, analyze myself all the time like I was always recording myself and listening like again and again until I get it perfect uh, perfectly uh, as I wanted to sound So, yeah, the rhythm also I want to practice. I like to... It's like being an actress when uh, when you are an actor, if you are a guy, that you you really get to to imitate uh, English, American people. Like, you just really want to... Sorry, I think it's redundant, redundant the fact that I say English-American because if you are American, if they are American people, they are yeah English people so I'm sorry for you guys like I I just repeat so much some of the things that I wanted to say but really I think it's actually fun <laughs> but yeah what I was just trying to say is that you feel like kind of an actress when you are just like or a role play that you need to do when you are reading because you need to believe fake it until you make it you need to fake that you are a really English native speaker until you get one to get until you get to be one so yeah you need to do like maybe if you are sitting or maybe stand up it's better for you to practice and make this kind of movements movements or just sorry guys I just stopped recording because uh, there were a lot of noise uh, from kids um, in yeah in my building and I really yeah that's what happens when you are just an amateur just recording a podcast and not in a studio and you get bothered all the time so yeah um yeah so try please to stand up just move around and just feel like you're an actress and you you need to be confident and feel like you are in a yeah in a role play and you will fake it until you make it so let's do it and when i first started i was sounding like this for example food which is high in carbohydrates can make us feel more relaxed it also makes us feel happy this is how i sound before like it's it's normal uh 
everyone has been through the same if they are learning a language um, sounds quite a little <laughs> bit um, yeah boring when you first try it but it's yeah you need to get used to this um, and when I first started I mean I was so insecure all the time I didn't like how it sounds and I just wanted to get it done and just read it in, in into my head not just like But uh, I think it's a, the best way for you to learn how to pronunciate and how to speak with others. And yeah, take your time. It's all that matters. So yeah, research has shown that people on diets often begins, begin to feel a little depressed after two weeks because they are eating fewer carbohydrates. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I know that I am stopping all the time, but I really don't think I'm going to read everything because uh, I'm not a teacher. I'm not someone like you can you also just trust my pronunciation because also I need to improve. Like it's not 100% accurate of how a native English speaker uh, will, will say it. So don't trust me, but I think that I... Just reviewing myself, I noticed that big, that huge change in 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 me. So, when it's like when you are a kid and you are first learning to read something, and you get to stop in each single word, and you get to to. I don't know how to say, it, but like your friends get bored all the time because you are stopping in each sentence when you are just a kid you know and it's what you are actually when you are starting a new language you are just a newborn of that so that's normal for for you to do it so that's why i think that it's better if when you don't feel that pressure that being uh, surround with uh other people that also want to take classes and maybe you just go uh to grab a coffee in a coffee uh, in a coffee shop or maybe in a very quiet place for you to just um yeah to talk or read it uh, or maybe in your bedroom well you feel more comfortable about it so no this topic really about the food in this textbook doesn't make me very interested and in, but uh, there are more things that are to come So, for example, for instance, these are like great. It's like vocabulary and speaking. Also, what I want to add here is that my teachers, well, I was being interested maybe in some of the topics. They were just jumping into another context or into another um yeah into another uh, unit because they felt like they it, it was more interesting to jump to different uh, topics and i was so excited about one and they never just spoke it again so they never talk about it uh, and that was a feeling like okay i don't know what i'm why i'm buying like a textbook when the teacher just come to go to the end of the textbook sometimes and just making uh, us do like one exercise of the textbook uh, and then just like doing exams and say okay you need to memorize that and also giving us like a lot of photocopies of exercise that never include anything about, related to the textbook that we were um uh, 
facing or it was supposed to face our classroom. So, yeah, unfortunately, is that is this way how I feel? How I feel it? It's not the fault of the teacher for sure. They actually want. They were good for some like students, but for me, I don't know why. I I really wasn't that motivated enough. So I think also it's kind of my fault. Um, not even mention that I I was very distracted at the moment. So for a lot of reasons, I never get to enjoy so much the classes. But yeah. Now I just want to get back and see what I I can learn right now with all of you. So yeah, the younger brother novelist Tim Lott. No, this one is not good. But there was actually okay because I uh I will revise. Okay, this one is good. It's uh, the two A uh the second A unit. And it's about spend or save. This is the title, and it's a very, really great one. And yeah, as you can see, well, no, you not, you cannot see it. You will need to believe to trust me what I'm saying to you. But it's like I don't have any kind of exercise uh, done here. Like we never treat this topic, and I think that it is so interesting for people to know what you are in. A teenage and you want to know how to manage your finances or maybe because yeah so I think this was an, a good one to jump uh, to not j jump into it or just take a little bit of like I don't know I, I I'm not saying to make like the one hour class about related to a span or safe topic but I'm saying like maybe Mm, teachers school majors um i don't know a quiz of topics that they will like to 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 treat like for, for us to learn because sometimes like you get to feel like everything is already prepared without taking care of what uh, your students really like or will enjoy in the end of the class so yeah are you a spender or a saver And this is kind of a test, so I will just, uh, yeah, read it to you. You go shopping, one. You go shopping and you see something very expensive that you really want, but can't afford. Oh my God, so many times, <laughs> I must say. A. Buy it with your credit card. You can't worry about the bill next month. B. Already have some money in the bank and plan to save for a couple of weeks and then buy the thing you want. C. Borrow the money and agree to pay back a small amount every week. And second question. You get $100 for your birthday. You A. Spend some of it and save some. B. Go straight to shopping center and spend it all. And C. Put all of it in your bank account until you know what you want to spend it on. Third question. Do you always know how much money you have? How much money you have spent and on what? A. Yes. I'm very organized and know exactly what I have and what I've spent. B. No, I haven't got a clue. When I have money, I usually just spend it. 
See, I usually have a rough idea about what I spend my money on. Well, I just need to make a... to jump into this question because I, I really think that most of us, when we are teenagers, when we are reading this thing, uh, like we never get actually to be a saver. I don't know about you, like maybe you are an exception or maybe I'm just wrong and everyone is just a saver. But in my case, um, from my experience, I never get to save any any of the money that I have. I was a very, like a huge spender. And yeah, things happen that maybe you realize maybe in the future when you are in the university and you just want to go out and you want to, yeah, to have social life maybe more than when you are a teenager. You get so worried about your finance. And I think that if you are listening to that and you are a teenager, please um, just be safer in some way. <laughs> Because you will regret so much how you're spending things. Like, yeah, but I'm to I'm telling you as someone like your mom and dad will say. So yeah, I know that you won't going to <laughs> to really uh, consider what I'm saying maybe right now because I I wasn't doing that when I was a kid. I never listened to my parents about finances because I. I didn't believe about it, uh, about saving and why, or, or what the purpose is in the future if I just wanted to spend it now, you know, like this kind of uh, crazy teenagehood that you just want to to do anything that you want without taking care of the consequences or anything uh, afterwards. So the next question is, you've borrowed some money from a friend, but you don't think that you'll be able to pay it back by the time you promised to. You, hey, don't worry about it. Hopefully, your friend will forget about it too. B, work out how much money you have and how much you owe. You speak to your friend and explain the situation and offer to pay the money back in small installments. And C, speak to your friend and promise that you'll pay him, her back, but it might take a bit longer than you first thought. Well, I might actually wanted to say that um, it's really like, it, it's really very uncomfortable. Um, I'm speaking for everyone that has been in the same position as me, like maybe when you invite, because at the moment the person that who doesn't have any cash uh, and it's like maybe, yeah, for instance, when you are in a party and then you just pay for her drink, his or her drink, uh, because you are expecting to them, like, Uh, um, to pay you back uh, when they get back home and just realize that they well, they they were invited uh, because of us, <laughs> and yeah, I I mean it's different when you say like beforehand like you will invite them, uh, you will just not care about like. Uh, that per the, the other person to pay you back because you wanted to buy them. It's so different. But when you say, okay, don't worry, I will pay now. So yes, please, um, just make this or something uh, after you arrive home or like when you have time. But don't wait too much because the other person will will never going to trust you again and maybe will not 
mm, going to consider invite you when you are in an urge of like mm, you know like you don't have any cash at the moment and you need someone to pay you back like if you are not a trustworthy person like you are not uh, uh you you need to understand what i'm saying in some way like you, you know th this happens a lot with with friends like some of them like maybe they are just uh like right away just sending it to you back like paying you back because they are so worried about it and they don't want to feel like they owe you so anything and uh, it's good but also like they get to be so extreme when they say oh no i will pay you back but maybe they don't have it now like, they are just saying it and so worried i'm apologizing to you all the time and it's like it's fine if i didn't want it to bad you i would just tell you before i i, I, I would have told you but the thing is that i actually invite you so feel like a little bit calm don't worry about it and pay me back when you when you arrive home and when you have a chance but don't be don't stay just uh continuously apologizing for that because it gets to feel the other person that who is inviting you like oh me i shouldn't have just invited him or her because it gets so worried at the end and you get to be so stressed um yeah so just a middle point just try to not um delay it so much but also not over rush it because it's not going to work anyway so yeah just to say that and the last question of this quiz uh from this textbook is you have a friend who often borrows money from you and never pays it back he or she wants to borrow $50. You A, lend him or her the money. You can afford it and it doesn't matter if you don't get it back. As I was saying, wow, I actually didn't read it before. So uh, forgive me if I advance what they were asking about. B, say no. He or she owes you too much already. Well, <laughs> this is actually true and I wouldn't. Uh, just uh, lend money if I know that they actually delay it so much. I I don't like it. It's not because I don't trust a person. Or like I really don't like the person or anything. But I really think that, you know, your money is your money. You can make favors time to time. But don't feel like you need to prove anyone that you are so kind you are always trying to help because people will get um, like used to that or take advantage of that if they don't know you so much so do it with your very like close friends that you know that you will see them maybe the tomorrow or the day after tomorrow but the ones that you will just see f for once please just like uh, <laughs> uh don't do it so much like if it's not uh crucial for the other person to live life uh during the party uh that night and it's with your group of friends okay you might actually can do any favor or just invite them but don't spend so much for them because the roy the return of investment of <laughs> or just like and no it's not the return of investment investment because you don't get to benefits of it but you will just get your money back but this is actually something that from my experience 
never happened like when I was inviting someone like it's so difficult and you feel like you are always like asking people for paying you back it's it's really uncomfortable so yeah and yeah let's see lend money but explain that is it is the last time until he or she has paid back this loan so okay Uh, next page, uh, the millionaire with a secret. Okay, it's kind of, uh, it's a very large text. So yeah, this one is very good because, uh, I lack, uh, of, uh, vocabulary in some uh, areas or, yeah, on topics. And this might be actually like reviewing this textbook, very useful for, for me. But also I think that if you are just... Um, done with uh, high school or you just finish your university and you want to improve vocabulary just like review your textbooks uh, of your from high school if you or you still have them because it's very very useful there are plenty of vocabulary that maybe you didn't take care so much or you didn't consider it useful because you never practiced at all uh with a stranger like a foreign uh or yeah uh, in a in a, another context that will make you feel like you really need that Word. But now, actually, that I'm spending like from nine to six every single uh, weekday uh, speaking, writing, and communicating with people from all over the world, uh, I, I, I'm using English in like my daily basis and work. Uh, I use a lot of uh, vocabulary related to money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The Millionaire with a Secret Jeff Pierce was a successful businessman, but he had a secret he couldn't read or write. His name is not really Jeff. His mother changed it because he could never spell his real name, James, and she thought Jeff was easier. Pierce was born in Liverpool in the 19, 1950s in a very poor family. At school, all the teachers thought he was stupid because he couldn't learn to read or write. At the time, not many people knew about dyslexia. But there was something that he was good at, selling things. Pierre's first experience as a salesman was when he was a boy and he and his mother used to go door to door asking for old clothes that they could sell in the market. He instinctively... instinctively Oh my god, it's so difficult this for He instinctively knew what people wanted. And it seemed that he could make money from anything. His mother always believed in him and told him that one day he would be successful and famous. In 1983, when he already owned a small boutique, he decided to invest $750 in leather trousers and to sell them very cheaply in his shop. It was a bit of a gamble, to tell you the truth, he says, but Liverpool loved it and there were photos of shoppers sleeping in the street outside his boutique on the front page of the local newspaper. The first day the trousers went on sale, the shop took $25,000. Jeff 
became a millionaire, but later he lost most of his money in the recession of the 90s. He was almost 40 and he was broke again. He even had to go back to selling clothes in the market, but he never gave up and soon set up a new business. He set up a new business, a department store called Jeff's, which again made him a millionaire. However, success didn't mean anything to Jeff because he still couldn't read or write. Even his two daughters did not realize that their father couldn't read. When one of them asked him to read her bedtime story, he went downstairs and cried because he felt so shamed. At work, he calculated figures in his head, while his wife, Gina, wrote all the checks and read contracts. In 1992, Pierce was awarded a Businessman of the Year prize for the best clothes store in Liverpool. It was at this moment that he told his friends and colleagues the truth. He had and he decided to write a book about his experience. But first he had to learn to read and write. He went to evening classes and employed a private teacher, but he found it very difficult because of this of his dyslexia. Finally, when with the help of a ghost writer, his autobiography, A Pocket Full of Holes and Dreams, was published and became a bestseller. Recently, he was woken in the middle of the night by someone knocking on his front door. It was his daughter, to whom he hadn't been able to read a bedtime story all those years earlier. She had come to tell him that she had just read his book, that I'm so proud of you, she said, and burst into, and burst into tears in his arms. What a beautiful story, really. Now, it seems like very stupid that I felt the questions, like the comprehension of this reading. And yeah, I did that. I felt and I'm incorrect cor all my exercises because they weren't so good. Mm, I don't know what, like, how bad I was, but I really like, I don't know. I don't know if because I wasn't paying attention attention because sometimes it could be that like that and I had a bad day and I didn't get to to read everything or just like I didn't understand anything like sometimes happens that you realize now when you grow up and and feel like oh I really I really would like like would have been so much uh, profitable for me or like more uh, beneficial for me to just be uh, considering an English at the time like something very excited if I did that at the moment like if I had do that um, I don't know if it's a good structure sorry my grammar is not good but what I want to say is that that if I would have been appreciating like this um, reading uh, process uh, that much uh, when I was working in high school, everything would have been easier for me. Um, I would have get, get like uh, very good grades in the end. And yeah, I it was... I cannot like change the past, but I can change the present for a better future.
is what I am telling to myself every every single day. <laughs> if something bad happens or when I'm regretting something, like okay, but uh, it's good to remember things, but also don't get frustrated about it because you won't be able to change anything from the past. Uh, but you really can do a, a lot of changes uh, in your present for for you to not regret any things uh, anything uh, in the future so yeah I don't know like also there were like very boring uh, readings like Amazon uh, Amazon challenge I don't know why it's called like that and it's just plenty of draws of animals and like uh, geography and um, yeah I, I'm not a fan <laughs> really like right now in geography so I also won't be able to read this for you <laughs> okay um, another one that could be great and I think it will be the last one because I don't know but um, today this afternoon I don't know how is happening like how come everyone is just entering and getting out of uh of where i live and make a lot of a lot of noises all the time so it's so uh, it's so stressful but yeah oh this one is so good uh, well for me it's very interesting it's the 3v unit and it it is called stereotypes or are they do you think women talk more than men? Yes, in general, I think they probably do. This is like the first, like the title of this topic. And here, what I will be able to learn was articles like A or N, the, the and no article. And verbs, collo collocation verbs, adjectives uh, plus prepositions. Men talk just as much as women. Can it really be true? Research by psychologists at the University of Arizona has shown that the stereotype that women talk more than men may not be true. In the study, hundreds of university students were fitted with recorders and the total number of words they used during the day was then was then counted. The results published in the New Scientist showed that women speak about 16,000 words a day and men speak only slightly fewer. In fact, the four most talkative persons in the study were all men. Professor Matthias Mel, who was in charge of the research, said that he and his colleagues had expected to find that women were more talkative. However, they had been skeptical of the common belief that women use three times as many words as men. This idea became popular after the publication of a book called The Female Brain, 2006, whose author, Luan Vrizenden, claimed that a woman uses about 20,000 words per day, whereas a man uses about 7,000. Professor Mel accepts that many people will find the results difficult to believe. However, he thinks that this research is important because the stereotype that women talk too much and men keep quiet is bad not only for women, but also for men. It says that to be good at, 
to be a good male, it's better not to talk. That silence is golden. Well, this is the reading of this topic and I won't be reading more. Uh, like maybe just just the last one because I think, well, yes, I'm sorry, but I think this one that I'm just being rousing for a little bit, the 4A unit is failure and success. It's very related to the making mistakes uh, project, I mean this podcast, and is um, I've never been able to, so here's what I'm going to I'm not going to read all the reading because it's too long and I also want to get to another reading and this episode will be done. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, yeah. It's the... Speak Japanese. I've never been able to speak Japanese. I love manga, Japanese comics, and I tried to learn Japanese, but I found... I, I found it incredibly difficult and I gave up after two years. I think oriental languages, which have symbols instead of words, are extremely hard to learn for people who are more used to Roman letters. Also, my teacher, a Japanese woman, didn't speak Spanish very well, which didn't help. She was a very charming woman, but she was a bit disappointed with us. And you can see that she thought that we will never be able to learn. However, one day she invited us to dinner and gave us some delicious traditional Japanese food. And since then, I often go to Japanese restaurants. So I learned to love the food, if not to speak the language. Joaquin, Spain. Well, um... It's your decision, <laughs> but I really like don't agree with this subject, like with this, um, with this ending story, like the conclusion. It's a little bit poor. I don't know why. I mean, okay, it's fine. So you get to feel like your teacher has no patience at all, and then because you've been invited for her in the res Japanese restaurant, you get just to adapt yourself and just like have dinner after all and like don't learn any other language because of that, because it's difficult and that. Okay, I'm joking for sure. This is not a hating a comment or just like criticizing the person that was like the the sample, like the practical exercise for the textbook, um, from the textbook for, yeah, for teenagers to study and learn vocabulary and grammar structures. But really, um, it's not really a very good decision to say that because you really get to to feel like okay I will just like I want to learn Chinese but what whatever like I'm just going to Chinese restaurants and that's it okay I mean it's your decision but if you go to China or you go to Jap Japan or because you want to like be there and the culture it's not enough for you to go to Japan restaurants and that's it I mean Um, I don't know. I don't think it's that simple. I really, you, you will, you should like. It's my opinion for sure. It's my point of view. So don't get me wrong about what I'm saying. But in my opinion, what I'm saying is that you should like 
wanted to learn also the language if you are in a foreign country, like the main language uh, from from there, like because you will get to enjoy more things uh, besides the restaurant or the food part uh, side of the um, of the culture. There are so many things that you will just enjoy that much because of you, you your ability, like your effort to learn a language, a new language. Okay, and the last one, the last reading that I wanted to share with you, it's about one of the most famous or well-known uh, person or polyglot. Uh, and I, I don't know how how come I didn't like get to, to read this, like this uh, article or this text um, before. And realizing that it, it, this textbook really it's like an update version uh, of the time, like from the time that was like being introduced as um, as a student, and yeah, the the fact that now I'm just like looking for polyglots all the time, like learning from them on YouTube, and like the person that they mention, it's really re written down in this textbook it makes me realize that how much I didn't pay attention because I didn't like the classes at all but really it was a very perfect topic and I think it's a very good thing for next uh, students that to, to read this story I mean you will get to feel like you want to learn more languages because of this story. Or oh, for me, it's like like that. Like I now feel so excited to read this last reading for you. So is his English, but he can speak eleven languages, and it's like say hello, guten tag, shalom, privet, hello, bonjour, je yasso, bon dia, hola, go. Bueno, um, this is like the a draw with all like the ways to say hello in different languages and it's like kind of framing the the main character or like sorry like the main uh, polyglot that they are talking about so it's Alex Rawlings and Yeah, maybe some of you already heard about him or just like know him for sure. Uh, and yeah, Alex Rollins has been named the UK's most multilingual student in a competition run by a dictionary publisher. The German and Russian student from London, who is only 20 years old, can speak 11 languages fluently. In a video for the BBC News website, he demonstrated his skills by speaking in all of them, changing quickly from one to another. Rollins said that winning the competition was a bit of a shock, he explained. I saw the competition advertised and I heard something about the free, a free iPad. I never imagined that I would generate this amount of media attention. As a child, Rollins' mother, who is half Greek, used to speak to him in English, Greek and French, and he often visited his family in Greece. He said that he has always been interested in languages. My dad worked in Japan for four years and I was always frustrated that I couldn't speak to the kids because of the language barrier. 
After visiting Holland, at the age of 14, he decided to lean to learn Dutch with CDs and books. When I went back, I could talk to people. It was great. He taught himself many of the languages with teach-yourself books, but also by watching films, listening to music, and traveling to the countries themselves. Of all the languages he speaks, Rowling says that Russian, which he has been learning for a year and a half, is the hardest. He said there seem to be more exceptions than rules, he added. I especially like Greek because I think it's beautiful and because of my mother, I have a strong personal link to the country to, and the, to the language. Everyone should learn languages, especially if they travel abroad. If you make the effort to learn even the most basic phrases wherever you go, it instantly shows a person you are speaking to that you respect their culture. Going around speaking English loudly and getting frustrated at people is tactless and rude. The next language Rollins hopes to learn is Arabic, but only once I finish my degree and got some more time on my hands. For now, I need to concentrate on my German and Russian so I can prepare for my finals. So yeah, that's all. Uh, for this episode, I hope you were having fun uh, knowing these uh, stories based, like real based stories, uh, some of them and also some studies that I think they are very interesting, quite interesting, um, that I never expected to re read uh, for, for this kind of purpose, like it's really nice to just review and things when you you get to feel like you've been growing up and so much since then um in all the aspects in my life so yeah i think that's all and thank you for listening to me and i hope we can see each other my sorry not see each other sorry it's a podcast but like yeah that you can listen to the next episode so have a nice day bye